Appendix. This appendix is included as a validation of life on the other side of death. Since my daughter's untimely overdose and death, she has made her presence known to me in ways that confound what can be considered coincidence. I am also sharing an unbelievable occurrence of my mother making her presence known to me several months after she passed away on the day that her ashes were buried. My daughter Jasmine's visits from the other side of the veil. Incident 1, September 24, 2015, the day we discovered my daughter Jasmine unconscious in her apartment. I woke up on September 24, 2015, about 8.45 a.m. I had had a good night's sleep considering how worried I was the night before when I went to sleep at 12.30 a.m. I had been praying late at night with Jasmine's boyfriend, Miles, that Jasmine would be safe and that we would get some indication today that she was okay. We prayed for hope, strength, and a peaceful sleep because the last few nights had not been good. When I first woke up, I had a foreboding feeling. I checked messages to see if I had received anything from Jasmine. There was nothing from Jasmine, but there was a message from Miles saying that he was very worried. It came over me overwhelmingly that we had to go check her apartment as soon as possible, and I started getting ready to go. As I was showering, I kept hearing this voice in my head saying things like, Don't worry. I'm okay now. It's better here. Don't cry, Mommy. I became overwhelmed with sadness and a sense that Jasmine was gone. We got ready very quickly, and when we left the cottage for her apartment, we left in two separate cars. On the way to her apartment, her voice was chattering away in my head. She was saying things like, Oh, look how beautiful it is here. And I wish I was the kind of daughter that could have enjoyed this place with you as I drove down the road from our cottage. I am free now, Mommy, and it's so nice here. And don't worry about me. You're going to be okay. Don't cry, Mommy. Everything is going to work out. I did what I was supposed to do. The healing is working, Mommy. I am free, and I am all better. You were going to be able to move on from this and help many people. I was supposed to have my life end like this so that you could learn to have an open, loving heart no matter what physical events went on around you. You are going to have that house. We had been looking for houses to move to that would be cottage-like. I'm going to be with you and help you from this side, Mummy. I'm going to be your special connection. I will help you help others. Angel Hall. When we arrived at her apartment, we had to arrange for the police to break in. She was unconscious and hardly breathing. She never regained consciousness and hospital tests showed that there was no brain activity and we were advised that she was brain dead. 
After considering what Jasmine would want, the family decided to take her off life support, and within a few short hours she passed over on September 30, 2015. The amazing factor here is that while Jasmine was still alive but unconscious, and her spirit had not yet fully left her physical body, she was communicating with me and appeared to have already moved on to a better place. Incident 2, November 8, 2015, The Daisies in Jasmine's Garden. During the summer of 2013, I built a new garden at our cottage. I created the garden in Jasmine's honor because we as mother-daughter were healing our relationship together and I felt it would be a great way for me to remember this. I planted daisies and several other perennial plants in Jasmine's garden and was pleased with the result. The following summer of 2014, the daisies and other plants came back with a flourish and were beautiful in mid-July 2015. They began to fade in the late August of 2015, and by the first week in September were quite dead. I have other daisies in another section of my cottage garden, and that is normally when they are done as well. A couple of months after Jasmine passed away, September 30th, 2015, my husband and I visited the cottage on November 8th, 2015, to close it up for the season. We were amazed to see that several daisies were fully bloomed and doing well in Jasmine's garden the first week of November. This is two months past when all others were already quite dead. See the pictures. The overwhelming sense I had when I saw the daisies was that this was Jasmine's way of letting me know that she was fine and blooming in heaven. It truly was a gift from her. Incident 3, November 11th, 2015. The Rose on Remembrance Day. We have a very large rose plant at our home in St. John, and it usually is finished flowering at the end of September, early October and then everything turns to rosehip buds. It was Sunday on this Remembrance Day in November 2015, and I was preparing to go to church. As I got into my car, I glanced at the rose bushes and saw something quite extraordinary. The entire rose bush was turning yellow and drying up, except for one branch where one rose had flowered beautifully and two more beautiful rosebuds were just about to flower. I knew instantly that this was Jasmine's way of letting me know that she was doing well in heaven and sending me her love. The following picture taken on this day shows the beautiful rose blooming. The two buds that were on the other side of the rose are not visible in the picture. Incident 4 December 15th 2015, The Cardinal. I was still grieving the passing of my daughter, Jasmine, but had begrudgingly begun preparing for Christmas 2015. 
It would be our first Christmas after Jasmine's death, and the pain of her loss was still burning deeply in my heart. On this particular morning, I was glancing out my bedroom window, and for the first time in the 28 years that I have lived in this house, I saw a gorgeous cardinal sitting in the cherry tree in our backyard. I reached for my camera, but by the time I returned, the cardinal was gone. I have read that seeing a cardinal is a sign that a loved one who has passed over is visiting you from heaven. They usually show up when you need them the most or miss them. They also make appearances during times of celebration as well as despair to let you know they will always be with you. This was a definite sign from the other side of the veil that Jasmine wanted me to know that she would always be near. What makes this so wonderful of a sign is that I had just finished painting a picture for my daughter in her memory that showed birds and trees, one of which was flying. The painting called Flying Free is pictured below. Incident number five, September 25th. 2016. Visit with medium Dr. Reverend Barry King. Dr. Reverend Barry King is a very gifted medium whom I had scheduled to see close to the first year anniversary of Jasmine's death. I met with him one-on-one -on -one and he channeled for at least an hour. During this hour he spoke of many things about myself but also spoke of Jasmine on the other side of the veil. This is a bare-bones version of what he told me about Jasmine, an angel. Your daughter is very present in your life. I feel her around you and feel her in your thoughts. I feel that when you see your granddaughter, you see her. Your daughter's preferred mode was to be joyful and light. She wanted to be unencumbered. By nature, she was very kind and generous, and there was an openness in her. She liked order and structure, and she wanted to feel safe. She didn't always really trust herself to know what she needed. On the spirit side, she is free of all that, and she is unencumbered. There was a long period of time on earth where she was fighting illness and it was a long, hard journey for her. She is now smiling, joyful, unencumbered, and safe. In life, she was always conflicted, back and forth, back and forth. Now she is free and very happy. She is herself. She tells me that you stood by her all that time. She was not good at making choices because she tended to be naive and then when the feeling that she needed to be safe kicked in, she had a hard time knowing what to do and what not to do, and she tended to go off track. There really were two people there. We never knew who we were dealing with. When she was herself, it was lovely, and she could sustain that for a while, but then she got afraid. She was very prone to be obsessive about things, you know, there was never enough. That obsessiveness affected her, her whole life, but she didn't know how to deal with it. 
She has great gratitude to you for providing stability for her daughter. She had the illusion of stability, but she wasn't grounded. So she is very grateful for what you have done. She was a very pretty girl and always very bright. She didn't always apply it. Being smart actually worked against her at times because of how it translated. We never knew what to believe and what not to believe and what was real and what wasn't. But she is free of it now and she was free of it from the moment she stepped over. Towards the end, she lost her will to fight through it. She had been fighting, but then she just stopped caring. She said it wasn't a conscious choice. It was just there. She was just tired. She didn't know how to be safe. She didn't know who she was. She had lost track of it, but now she is different. She is free. She is surrounded by people she loves. She wasn't always good at accepting people's love. People in her life loved her, but she didn't know what to do with it. She wasn't always accepting it. Now on the spirit side, she is surrounded by the people that she loved and that love her and that she can trust. And it's not that she didn't trust you, but that she has learned that she had become cynical and lost her capacity to trust herself. But now she has that back and she knows who she is and she can accept love because she knows she is worth it. She has pets around her. Pets were unconditional for her and they were safe. She had a cat and she felt the love unconditionally and she loved it back. So there definitely was an attachment to animals. I am seeing a brown dog with her with longish fur and it is biggish and protective. She is attached to that dog. It is one that she knew or that she has a connection with. It's important for you to know that she is okay, that she stands with you and that she appreciates all that you did for her and tried to do for her. She had a clear sense of it in life, but didn't know what to do with it. It's not that she didn't want to change. It's just that she didn't know how. I sense underneath that there was always that innocent child always wanting to come out and to trust and wanting to love. It was all there, but she wasn't able to get it out in life. There were no bad choices she learned in life. She had a hard life, no question. There were lots of challenges and she learned a lot of stuff. And what she learned was that there are people in life that love us unconditionally and she learned that she needed to love herself unconditionally, and that would have helped her. She learned compassion. She has such a sense of compassion because she went through so much. She could look at anyone and understand them because she went through so much. And now on the spirit side, she is free of it, but she has all the benefit of the learning. And she also stands with her daughter the daughter is sweet. She is conflicted at times, complicated. She is working hard to figure things out. She knows she's loved, and that's a gift that you gave her. Her mother loved her as well, but her daughter also knew that her mother wasn't able to show her, and that made it hard for her. I think she is 
doing okay, and both of you are still grieving loss. There's also a conflict in it, because we want her here, but we know that she is better off where she is. We wished she would have changed or gotten control of things, but we know that she wasn't about to, and that it wasn't going to happen. When she died, we totally saw it coming. We didn't know when and stuff, but we knew that she had kind of given up. What we can't do is we can't carry any guilt. There was no changing it. Once it was moving, there was nothing anyone could have done. And we have to know that so we can let go of it. Her daughter also needs to know that too. Both of you do. It's important to know it outside of you from the other side. All of you have been transformed by what you all went through. And there are times when it was not taking us anywhere good. But we have been enriched through it. Now she was on the other side and free of it and safe and surrounded by love. And she knows that you love her. She knew it before, but it was so hard for her to trust. Now she feels it and she knows it from you and that's important. You need to know that she is incredibly grateful and that she loves you and that she stands with you. Your current husband, Charlie, was supportive, but didn't know what to do. I see him as her father and that he loved her. Her biological father, I don't know. There is genetics involved. He was a catalyst for some of this stuff. Your current husband looked at her as a daughter and he did love her. He would have been more in the background and a little quieter because he didn't want to push boundaries. But I feel strongly that he was a support for you and her. I feel that you would have had a much more difficult time if he was not there to support you. And she is aware of that. She feels that love too. He's much quieter. He thinks about stuff before he says it. I think that your granddaughter, Angel, is going to do just fine. She is getting stronger. The loss of her mother, she's sad, but she can also see her gain. We don't want to be selfish, but at the same time, we are conflicted. The fact that you had each other was helpful. I feel she is doing well. She is getting her feet under her and getting a clear sense of where she wants to go and what she wants to do. As long as she listens to herself, she will do well. I feel her partner is a good support for her, but they need to communicate more because they get out of sync. Incident number six, August 31st, 2017. The Dragonfly. Jasmine came to see me again today. I was visiting with my sister Susan at her cottage and I was sitting in the sun on her deck while she was removing the cover from their pool. All of a sudden, a beautiful and very large dragonfly with a big round face stopped mid-flight right in front of me and hovered while looking at me right in the eye. I said, why, hello, beautiful. Then it gently moved forward and landed on my left forearm 
looking at me right in the eye. It then curled its long black fuzzy tail to touch me lovingly on my arm, then flew away. I knew that this was a special visit from someone I loved who had passed over, but was not too sure who. That evening I went to an evening of meditation and channeling at Transcension Center in Rossay, New Brunswick, where we are able to ask the very gifted medium any questions we might have. I told her about the dragonfly landing on me and that I believed it was a loved one who visited me, and I asked her if she could tell me who this was. She told me that it was my daughter who came to tell me she was doing well. The medium asked me what a flower on the first page meant to me. I said it must be about my book that I was still writing, but I said that there isn't a picture of a flower on the first page. She said it was the flower jasmine. She did not know my daughter's name. If you look at the first page after the table of contents of this book, you will see a picture of my daughter jasmine, which also is the name of a flower. The medium told me that my daughter was very proud of me for what I was doing. Mum visits from the other side of the veil. I had the most amazing and unbelievable thing happen to me on the day that we buried my mother's cremated ashes, June 17, 2017. Mum passed over and went to God on February 12, 2017. But because she was cremated and the two oldest siblings couldn't travel to the funeral in February, we decided to have her internment on June 17, 2017. It was a bittersweet day in that we were happy to finally all be together, but also very sad because we were burying our mother beside our father who passed 22 years ago and realizing that this was an end to an era. The above pictures of the family were taken just a few hours after we had gathered at her graveside with the priest Monsignor Brian Sheehan, who said the closing prayers. We were all sad that Mum was gone, but knew that she was happy to finally be free of her physical limitations and to finally be free. We as a family were also feeling quite blessed to all be together. We always take group pictures like these ones whenever we are together for special events. The most amazing and unbelievable thing happened later that night at home when the phone rang at 11.50 p.m. A man with a very thick East Indian accent asked me if I was an energy healer. I was quite taken aback by this, thinking it was someone trying to sell me something or a scammer. So I was very cautious and skeptical and asked, who is this calling? With his very thick accent, this man whom I had no idea who he was, explained that he was from Universal Light something something, from somewhere California, and that he was calling from somewhere Quebec where he was giving a seminar. I couldn't make out the names of the places he was describing because of his accent. He said that my phone number had come to him twice when he had been meditating and that he was calling to give me a message. I was quite taken aback by this and expected at any moment to have him ask me to register for a course or ask for money in some way or for my email, but at the same time I was very curious, so I asked him to give me the message. 
Before giving me the message, he asked me if I would like to receive the white tantric light. I was not sure what white tantric light was, but I knew that white light is of good and usually means love and healing energy, so I told him this and said that because I knew white light was from God, that yes, I would like to receive the white light. He then asked me to get a white candle, to light it, and stand beside it. This came as no surprise to me, as this is something we do in healing work to attract God's loving healing light into our presence. I went to my Reiki room with the phone and lighted a white candle. When I told him I was ready, he told me the following. He said that I had been going through a very difficult period over the past several years and that the upcoming year would be a very good and transformational year for me. Good things were going to happen. He told me that my creative energies have been blocked for some time now because of the difficult period and that things I have been working on have been stalled. But the next year was going to be a wonderful transition. I had been working on this book during the summer of 2016, but had a writing block and had not written even one page since the end of September 2016. This is nine months later in June of 2017. He told me that my first and second chakras were blocked and that I needed to unblock them. He asked me if I was willing to accept the tantric white light through my first and second chakras. I said yes. He told me that today something important happened and asked me what that was. I told him we buried my mother. He said, ah, yes, and proceeded to say that she was with me right now and that it was her spirit that was reaching out to him to tell me to tell you to not give up and to carry on with my life purpose. I couldn't believe what I was hearing and was filled with the goosebumps of truth going right through me. I told him that I was amazed that he would know this. I explained that I was working on a book and that I had been blocked since last fall, 2016. He told me that I needed to continue with my energy healing work and to keep writing my book. He assured me that the book would be self-published and well accepted and that I would also write another book that would be published by a book company and that it would be very successful and that I would have financial success with it. He asked me if I was willing to do healing work again and I said yes. He then asked me who I would heal first. I said I would heal myself first. He asked who I would heal second. I said a family member name. He said, yes, yes, yes. I then asked, how should I heal myself? He said that I needed to practice Kundalini Yoga to unblock my first and second chakras. I felt the tingle of truth moving right through me again. I told him that this was amazing because I had started doing Kundalini Yoga this past winter and was finding it very enjoyable and was hoping to take more courses. He told me to do more kundalini yoga and to heal myself. When I asked about how to heal the family member, he said that it was not important exactly how I do it, but that the intention to heal had to be there. He suggested that with the intention to heal, 
that I should extend my hands and send healing, love, and light every day. He then asked me about my relationship with my husband, and he offered some very personal advice. Before we ended the conversation, I asked him if he knew my name, and he said he thought it might be Angel. I told him that no, that was my granddaughter's name, but that it was close enough because I was staring at a picture of her in my Reiki room. I told him that what he said to me rang true, that I had been struggling with my writing, but that I had been working hard at keeping myself on an enlightened path. He told me that I was on the right path and that I needed to continue with my books as this was one of my life purposes. I asked him what his name was, and he said that his name was Sun, as in sunlight, and that he was from the universal light something in someplace California. Again, I couldn't make it out. I thanked him for everything he had to say, and he said goodbye. There was never any request for anything from me in return for the information he gave me. The part that makes his story so much more unbelievable is that in July or August 2016, I had a conversation with my mom, sitting on her swing at the special care home where she lived in Grand Bay, Westfield, New Brunswick. We were talking about preparing for her death, and during this time I told her that I was writing a book that was spiritual in nature. We talked a bit about the topic and of what I was sharing of my beliefs in the book, and that some people might think I had lost it when they read it. So I asked if she would do me a favor when she passed over. Would she please find some way to come back to me in a dream or something and let me know if I am on the right path with writing this book? She quickly said, when I die, I'm not coming back. I explained that it would only be to give me the message and that she wouldn't have to stay. She said she didn't think that she would be allowed to come back. I told her, maybe so, but if she could try, that would be very helpful to me, and that I would be able to write about it in the book. So you see, even though my mother didn't come back to see me in a dream to confirm that this book was important to write, she did find a way to get this message to me through a third party, Mr. Sun from Universal Light in California. I wish I knew more about Mr. Sun. He seems to have had a good connection to the other side that is available to him when he meditates. If anyone reading this recognizes who this might be, please find a way to get this information to me.